0: Life doesn't happen biweekly, weekly so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. A few years ago, I got the idea that I wanted my own brand for women to sell women's clothing and lingerie, but I had no idea where to get started. But then I found Shopify. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. One of the biggest obstacles for a first-time shop owner like me is having no e-commerce experience, but Shopify simplified everything so much that the site has become the least of my worries. From the graphic design aspect to making customer service super easy on my end, there's nothing you can't do. They give you everything you need to take control of your business, even as a beginner. Sign up now for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash for the girls, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash for the girls now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash for the girls. Settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario, And today, we are getting into an amazing, amazing, amazing interview with another Victoria. So we are talking today with women's coach, Victoria Duvall, who is... Truly such a force She is just such a divine woman, and I I love everything that she had to say. I love everything that she puts out there. I love her work. If you are not familiar with Victoria, across her podcast, YouTube, TikTok, she talks, of course, a lot about women empowerment, but with a really strong focus around healthy relationships, healthy sexuality, celibacy, relationship standards, the patriarchy, and more. So she gives... Uh, uh, I don't know if diverse is the word I'm looking for, but just like a different um, perspective than what we normally hear on social media. I find that everything is very surface level. Everything is very simple. And she is much more complex. And she just... Yeah, she, she like I said, very divine and like just such a force. So you guys are going to learn so much from her. I have learned so much from her, just from her content alone. And of course, today's conversation. So I can't remember exactly who recommended Victoria to me. One of my listeners, someone here recently sent me her podcast and was just like, You two are so aligned, you need to connect. And so I eventually started listening to her podcast a little bit and I just knew I had to have her on. So yeah, I'm super excited for you all to hear this conversation where we do talk about celibacy and all of the many layers that come with that. And we talk about having a masculine partner and she talks about how her partner provides for her in more ways than one but we do discuss like that financial like role in the relationship and you'll hear in this episode we do reflect on like a couple of podcast episodes that she has so if there's anything within this interview that you do want to hear more on the chances are that she does have an episode on it on her podcast where she digs a little bit deeper. So be sure to check out Victoria's thoughts. Everything will be linked in the show notes as per usual. So I wanted to have this conversation with her because I myself decided to commit to celibacy about a year and a half ago where I just like one night overnight just went cold turkey no sex no kissing no touching and it truly is such a liberating choice in knowing that you have complete control over this you have the complete power over your body and yourself because so often women do lose their power in dating and in sex and it ultimately just makes everything like not fun. It makes dating not fun. It makes sex not fun when you really just hand over all that power to men. And dating for me honestly became much more fun when I decided to be celibate. Which might sound weird, but because of the fact that the pressure of sex and intimacy was just completely off the table. It made everything much easier for me, much more effortless for me. Every time, though, that I mention, like, celibacy and sex and intimacy being off the table, what I mention on TikTok, a lot of girls will comment being like, how do you tell these guys that you're celibate? Like, do you tell them on the date? Do you tell them in text beforehand? And I'm like, whoa, 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 let's back up. Because for me, I Don't tell like I simply don't tell these men that these men are first date guys, which is practically a stranger, you know, and as a celibate woman, why would I even have a conversation with you about sex when I barely know you like we need to get to know each other first before I would even have any sort of intimate conversation around sex and what I decide to do or not do sexually so the guy that I the guys that I go on dates with the guys I go out with they don't know that about me because they don't need to know nor would I have such a an intimate conversation with someone that hasn't really earned that level you know of of getting to know me yet I don't believe that we should play all of our cards up front I believe that we're you know like an onion you know you just got to peel back the layers and then you eventually get to you know that stage, I, I feel like in in itself, having such intimate conversations is contradicting to celibacy. Like to be a celibate woman and to embody celibacy, you can't go on dates and be talking about sex. Like you can't be talking about why you have sex or or don't have sex or when you last had sex or who your intimate partners were. Like in in itself Intimacy, uh, sorry, in, in itself, celibacy is removing intimacy off the table completely, whether it's verbally, physically, emotionally, mentally, like it is removing it entirely. OK, so I want to make sure that that's crystal clear, because a lot of girls always do ask how I tell guys. And if you are, you know, practicing celibacy and committing to celibacy, please do not think about the fact that you need to tell men that you're celibate on a date when you're simply just getting to know somebody celibacy can and should truly give you so much peace of mind because now you're not sitting at the table on a date thinking in the back of your head like is he gonna try to make a move is he gonna try to have sex does he think he's sleeping over does he think I'm sleeping over I just remember not being able to be fully present on a date because prior to making this commitment it's Always a lingering thought. And now, once you do make this decision, you don't have these lingering thoughts at all. You show up to dates being completely present, completely confident, completely comfortable. Everything changes your body language, your eye contact, you know, just like even the rhythm of your conversations, the flow of your conversations, because now it's not a thought at all. And now you have complete, uh, that was a combination of clear and complete, complete, you have complete, clear, you know, state of mind. And I just think that that's extremely important in dating. If and when I did decide to have that conversation with someone, it would only be because we're now like actually dating, like more seriously, getting to a stage of, Potentially taking this relationship to the next level, becoming exclusive. Like until then, no. Until that's where we're at, then if a guy makes any sort of move physically or alludes to intimacy, then... I know we're not on the same page. I know he's not looking for the same things as I am. If a guy shows me up front that he's looking to have sex or that he would or wants to have sex with me, it shows me how little he does value intimacy and sexuality because why are you even trying to sleep with me when we hardly know each other? Like, Yes, this has developed over the years over the years, it's become much more important to me than it was you know five years ago, whatever um, because now it's not just about the act of sex. I feel like of course when we were all younger, we didn't know better. we just did what you do and what society says to do and what boys say to do and we didn't we don't really like fully consciously make decisions for ourselves so I'm not speaking as if like this has always been my mindset I am speaking from a place of you know having done the work obviously but now like sex to me I wouldn't even want to do that with someone that I don't love and I do feel like as you get older that does kind of take precedent like Don't know you're not in college anymore. It's just like a different, it's a different level of maturity to be able to get to a point of like you don't have to have sex with people just because you're dating them. You can save that for a relationship, you can save that for someone that you love. And again, which is obviously a result of doing the inner work, of learning what my needs are and understanding just simply what makes me fulfilled. So yeah, if a guy still sees sex as such that simple act, like that. To me, like that immature mindset, and he could be still right now as a grown man in his 30s, just sleeping around with multiple women while also trying to like date me and talk to me. Then obviously, I know he hasn't done any sort of inner work himself. I know he hasn't done any self reflecting or maturing and growing up, and ultimately. He's just not what I'm looking for. And quite frankly, I'm not what he's looking for either. He's looking for someone maybe a little bit more easygoing than me. He's looking for someone who's on the same page as him. And in that case, if that person were trying to, like I said, date me or pursue me, then it's not just like, oh, you're not what I'm looking for. It's simply also like, yeah, don't worry. I'm not what you're looking for either. (laughs) I am not your type as you are not mine. So... Again, I'm excited for you all to hear this conversation because we get into it. But now before we do get into the interview, as promised, I have to announce my giveaway winner. So on my last episode for my 50th episode, I announced a giveaway where I was offering a free 60 minute private confidence coaching session with me, which is valued at $500. And I'm truly so thankful for all of the entries. So many of you guys were messaging me, showing me your amazing reviews and such. And I am just honestly so grateful for it. So everyone who participated in the rules of following, liking, commenting and sharing. of course you got one entry and then those who did additionally leave a review and shown me showed me that they did that, they got a double entry and the winner actually did have a double entry and her username on Instagram, unfortunately I do not know your first name because it's not your username. Um, but your username her username is a bead influence which I believe is because she has like a beaded bracelet business. I looked at her Instagram and I was like, oh my God, how cute is this? So a bead influence, who's also from New Jersey, actually, when I did click on her profile, I saw it in her bio. I was like, oh, I love this. Another Jersey girl. Um, So again, I'm sorry. I do not know your first name. But if that is you, a bead influence, please DM me and let's get your session booked. I am really excited for you And one last time, thank you again to everyone who did participate in the giveaway. Now, without further ado, let's get into the interview. Okay, girls, let's talk. Did you know I take on -on one-on-one coaching clients? I'm a confidence and business coach for women who want to raise the bar and embrace their highest self. I help women go from settling to believing they can have it all. My mission is to show you how to trust in yourself embody confidence through every challenge and genuinely believe it no fake it till you make it included my goal is to give you the tools to strengthen your mindset improve your self-awareness and self-esteem and live consciously if you are ready to commit to life-changing growth then my program is for you now this program is not meant to be an overnight fix so please give yourself grace and patience Your goal is by the end of the program to become one of those girls who just get it. I offer 8 and 12 week coaching programs. All you need is to be willing and able to invest in yourself spiritually, financially, and mentally to become the best version of you. If that sounds like you, then the link is in the show notes and my social media bios to inquire. Now if you're not ready to commit to that investment, but you still want in on some of the fun... Then join me in the Confidence Club, a members-only platform that sends daily content from me to your phone as a text message, including exclusive episodes of For the Girls. I created a monthly subscription platform to build a community of people seeking personal development resources and training at a very affordable price. You can expect daily texts from me that will include exclusive mini-podcast episodes, journal prompts and worksheets, words to live by, Confidence and mindset advice, branding and audience building tips, Q&A days, video messages, voice messages, and value-packed posts full of tips and guidance. Subscribers will also have access to the Confidence Club exclusive Facebook group to connect and interact daily. This membership is typically $49.99 a month, but you could use code for the girls to get it for only $19.99 a month. You will head to hdly dot me forward slash Victoria or just find the link in the show notes. And at checkout, make sure not to miss the tiny, tiny option above that says add code. It's all the way at the top right corner. Up there, you will insert the code for the girls to get $30 off every single month. Subscribers can cancel at any time and are not locked into a commitment. So again, check out the show notes or even the link in my social media bios to inquire about one-on-one coaching and joining the confidence club. Okay, everybody, please welcome today's guest, Victoria Duvall. I am very, very, very excited to have you introduce yourself
1: hey everyone hey girls i am victoria deval i am an influencer online i'm a women's coach and i'm super excited to be here and yeah i'm just so excited but yeah i do really like women's empowerment re- women's embodiment and teaching women how to really break free from the shackles of so much conditioning so much trauma so much patriarchal conditioning as well and coming into their full expression of their femininity, their full expression of their their rawest truth and their most authentic truth, which is really lacking for a lot of women right now because we're kind of just conditioned to be in these contorted vor- versions of ourselves. So, so yeah, so that's kind of what I do and I'm really excited to be here.
0: I absolutely love your content. I have been listening to some of your podcast episodes I also just mentioned to you before we started recording that I see your TikTok videos and first things first, I think that you are just like such an eloquent speaker, which is, you know, lovely in, in itself, but sometimes people are great speakers and they don't really know what they're talking about. So, <laughs> so you, you're a great speaker. And like I just told you before, like you're super intelligent. And I just love listening to you and everything that you talk about, because for me also as a coach and content creator and influencer, I'm not often inspired by other like influencers, if that makes sense. I often feel like I don't really gain value from them. And I would say you're one of the first people that really says something other than what you're hearing from everybody else. You know, you're not like fashion forward or like styles or just like the basics on the surface. It's like, I'm also not saying you have bad style. Let me put that out there. (laughs) I'm just saying you're not a fashion influencer. Like you are like really out there talking about like exactly what you just said, women embodiment and um, empowerment and things of that sort. So,
1: yeah. And I feel like also kind of a lot of times because femininity healing have become become these sort of like buzzwords, we really Mm. tend to see women focusing on these very surface level things. Like, for example, like you said, like fashion, which is important as well. Yeah. I went through that journey as well, you know, kind of coming into what looks good on my body and what really feels good for me. And, you know, I actually like this style of clothing and I like that. And, you know, but it tends to really be this, you know, be soft, be you know, cute. You know, to get your nails, and and it's just ends at this very physical level. And the real work, the real embodiment, that is really missing in a lot of our discussions. And it makes sense, right? Because we don't have a lot of good role models for mature womanhood or for real divine femininity, as the girls are talking a lot on you know TikTok and these other things. We're not having good examples, and so then when when women talk about it, they're coming to it from such a limited perspective and, and they're just grasping it. the only things that they know how to grasp at, at, you know, that point. So, but yeah, I think really like talking about the deeper, the deeper levels of it is super important and really like missing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love your work. I love what you do. And speaking of your work, um, I listened to one of your podcast episodes, which I think might have been really the first one that I listened to. And that was a girl's perspective on the intersection of finances and men. Now I had come across you in the first place, because I think that, I had just posted something along the lines of like, who are some podcasters that I could collaborate with, whether I go on their show or they come on mine or just to see what other people are doing. And someone sent me yours and was like, I think that you guys talk so much about the same things. You share a lot of the same values and views. And so I know that she sent it to me, but of course we all like get we forget and I had followed your like I subscribed to your podcast and then I think that title when it came up was just like the first one that really like caught my eye so I started with that and I my, my favorite thing in that episode that you mentioned was the emphasis on how you get to work and you want to work not that you have to work like it's like uh something that you enjoy almost like a paid hobby in a way of like, I love Mm -hmm. this so much. It's a passion. It's not just showing up for a job, you know? And you were saying like your, your partner, your man takes on Mm -hmm. that role to provide for you and take care of you in that way. And you have the option. Like I do this because I want to, but Mm -hmm. also if I turned around tomorrow and said, I don't want to, then he'd be like, okay, girl, I got you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned in there as well, maybe that you had like lost a job or you were in between jobs at a point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, I just, I really loved hearing that from you. Mm -hmm. Um, So for starters, because this is something that is just such a big topic right now on social media in general. Um, And I know that people always have these questions. So was that, standard something that you sort of established earlier on that you wanted in a partner or when you like met this partner did he kind of introduce you to that way
1: Mm -hmm. so so yeah so thank you so much and um you know for all your kind words about my podcast and and uh, you know everything I was talking about um so yeah so I had that standard before we met Um, and he matched it. He also had those values. So I wouldn't even say it's like a standard. It was just kind of my values were in that direction. It was a non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. And it was also his values. And it just aligned in that way, which I think a lot of women really need to understand is that you don't need to try to change a man or to convince him to do something for you. Your job is to reject the men who do not align with your values. Your job is to reject those types of men and go where it's easy and it flows. And the two of you have similar values. You don't need to force anyone to do anything. You don't need to contort him, try to control him, which would then go into your own wounding. It just works out because he also shares that value. And I think that's super important. You know, even if women want to talk about, you know, going into like a soft life, you really have to make sure that you're not c- trying to control this man. And the reason you're not trying to is because you have vetted him and rejected those who do not, you know, easily, align with you and you're able to just kind of be in this soft space with him because he's exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. And so with that, before I had met my partner, he, I really kind of had a lot of wounding around accepting finances from men. I felt like I had this kind of inability or fear around being vulnerable. And when a man pays for you that you actually genuinely like, it's vulnerable, right? It's not vulnerable if a man is just paying for you that you don't care. And you're like, Oh, buy me a bag. Fuck you. Like, I don't care. I don't care about you. Now that's not vulnerable. And we see a lot of that in our society. Right. And we kind of are, that's being placed as femininity, but it's, it's not, it's just actually a masculine shield of women kind of coming to Spaces with men, they don't have to be vulnerable. They can just manipulate them. They can control them. That's not feminine at all. And it's not really safe to your heart either. Now, when you're with a man, a lot of women will notice that they have an easy time accepting money from men they don't care about. But when it's a man they do care about, they have a much harder time, right? And because it makes you feel very vulnerable. So I had recognized that about myself. And I had acknowledged that, you know, I although it makes me feel vulnerable, I'm willing to feel into that vulnerability because I do really actually want that. Like my desire on the other side of my fear of being vulnerable, my fear of, you know, my worthiness and all these types of things, my desire is to have a man be excited to provide for me. And so therefore I am going to show up as that and move through my own feelings of discomfort, and only require and value that as if I'm totally comfortable with it, even though I'm not fully yet, you know, I'm not fully yet. And I have to practice and I have to have the responsibility of vetting, you know, my partner of, are you excited to provide for a woman? Is -hmm. that your value? I'm not going to try to force you into anything like And, and noticing, does he pay for me when, you know, we go out on our first date? Does he, is he totally excited to, you know, get me flowers? My man brought me flowers the first time we met, he, you know, took me and took me out and, and all these types of things. And so just noticing, and then also not being afraid to ask in a heart open way, like, what are your values on this? Do you, you know, want a woman who is staying home with the kids? Do you do you want a woman? Do you want kids? What are your values? And I think a lot of times women are really afraid to assert their values and to ask a man about their his values because they're afraid of losing him. Well, if I say what my heart really wants, what if he doesn't want it? Well, then perfect. Because the man that is not for you just got filtered out. So wonderful. So we have to be willing to speak from a heart-centered space express our values express what we desire ask a man in a loving and heart-centered way not you know tricking him and saying you know oh like you know you know you need to pay my rent today like you know like (laughs) kind of being like really closed off but in a heart-centered way just getting to know him asking what his values are asking where his mind is at you know so that's kind of what I did if that answered the question.
0: (laughs) Totally totally and well I'll have a couple more questions on that, but to backtrack for a second, you said it was one of like a non-negotiable for you. Were there any other like top, like, you know, primary non-negotiables for you that were, you know, basically exactly that there was no, no way around it.
1: Totally. So, uh, with non-negotiables, one of the ways that I teach it, even with the girls that I coach is that there's a difference between non-negotiables in a relationship and a non-negotiables of a man in general so my man in general like in a relationship my uh values you know my non-negotiable okay I want to have a provider who is excited to provide for me who does not provide resentfully who values you know providing as a man that's a non-negotiable for me in a relationship and you know maybe not watching porn is a non-negotiable for me in a relationship that is a relationship non-negotiable for me On the other hand, non-negotiables about his character, about him as a man are different. And so for me, some non-negotiables in that space were he's very emotionally intelligent. He does the inner work on himself. He goes to therapy. He has committed to himself in, in some sort of way. He is extremely wise. Like I had specific things that I wanted. I've known a lot of amazing men, but they weren't as wise as me or more wise than me. And therefore I did not want to date them. And people would say, you know, Oh my God, you know, there's so many great men, you know, why don't you just go be with a man who's a good man. Right. And, and I think there's a difference between, and both are amazing, but what I wanted was a very wise, emotionally intelligent in his purpose, as far as like, you know, my man's a men's coach. And he really talks about bringing men into their safety um, for women and kind of deconstructing this patriarchal shield that they have around their hearts. So that's kind of what he does. And I wanted a man just like that. And if I had settled for a man that was an amazing man, but just wasn't exactly what I was looking for, then, you know, I would have settled. And so I think it's really important to own your heart's desires and own exactly what your non-negotiables are that makes sense
0: a hundred percent um I think that that's extremely important in understanding especially in your vetting process and you know something that's very unfortunate is that I find that women aren't like they don't even think that they are in the position to be vetting a man they think that like men are vetting them
1: yeah
0: so they think that they're like showing up to an interview to see if they're going to get the part rather mm -hmm. than even deciding if they like that man, or if that yeah. man is up to par for them or compatible with them. And I talk so often about how compatibility is number one for me, mm. because there were so many guys. And like you said, great guys, amazing guys, things that guys that I can't even really say anything bad about, exactly, but yep. that I prioritized like that chemistry or that sexual mm. attack, uh, attraction or things of that nature. And then when it really came down to the things that mattered, we were so not compatible. I didn't like the way they communicated or Mm -hmm. our communication was just so not there, like very Mm -hmm. off or even just down to like this certain level of things that we agreed or disagreed with. Like it's one thing to have different opinions, but it's another thing to have completely different values and morals. Completely
1: different thing. More women need to learn the difference. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And And so, yeah, I think, I
0: mean, of course I was younger at that time. You don't really know all that well. And you think like, yeah, I want to, I like guys, right. I want a guy Mm -hmm. now, as I've gotten older and I really stepped into like, I'm not worried about if you like me, I'm worried about if I like you, I'm worried about if we are actually compatible. Mm -hmm. And so my vetting process has obviously, you know, gone from zero to 100, but I know that my listeners really love like as many tangibles as possible and they ask me these questions on tiktok or instagram or they they email me for my podcast and they are very like how 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 what do you say what do you do more like how do you really identify mm-hmm. or i guess mm-hmm. i guess is there something that you
1: mm-hmm.
0: would have to kind of not necessarily ask them, but is there something that you would have to step into in order to make sure that your energies match in a sense of like, not to say that you change who you are or fake who you are, but in a way that's like, okay, I truly know what I want because this is what I get a lot. A lot of girls that know what they want, but they don't know how to like be the person that they want to be either. So Mm -hmm. I know that was kind of like a full circle question, but in a way that's like, not just like finding that partner but really like make like matching and working out with someone of that you know
1: caliber i see what yeah. you're saying you're saying totally and i i completely understand and i i have the exact answer which is <laughs> i um similar to what you had just said which was you know You didn't know the difference of, you know, dating or coming to dating and vetting and and you kind of just showing up to be chosen. And I was the same, right? Like, you know, when we're younger and we don't have any role models, we don't have women who are initiating us into divine femininity or mature womanhood or into our power at all. We we tend to not have that as women. And so now we're kind of initiating ourselves. And so what I would say is that what I did is. Uh, three four years ago I realized I was not what I wanted to be I realized okay you know I have been in a string of abusive relationships I'm not happy I know what I deserve and I know what I need to do to get there it's just about having the courage to do it right and so for me I did two years of celibacy where I was not dating at all. I didn't talk to a man. I didn't look at a man. I didn't text a man. I completely committed for two years to myself fully. And I wasn't even really prioritizing finding a man, right? I was like, I need to to really come into myself. So that so much so, so that if I never get with a man that I really want to be with, I'm totally fulfilled. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't own our heart's desires and say, I want a relationship. Of course we do. But the thing that we have to be comfortable in is we have to fulfill ourselves and fill our own cups so fully and really do the deep inner work for ourselves and blossom as far as we can on our own and be honest about it. And it's something that both my, my boyfriend and I were saying, you know, when we first met was, I had done, both of us speaking as I, you know, he had done and I had done as much as I could by myself. I absolutely did everything. I exhausted all of the the work I could do on my own. I did all of the therapy. I still have the same therapist, but, you know, did all of the therapy, did the coaching, really committed for two years to break my shackles of who I once was. I let that old version of me fall away. And I, it takes effort. It takes commitment. It takes falling off and getting back up and falling off and radically loving yourself through falling off. The point of what I'm saying is to actually get with a man who is an amazing man, we have to have gone through the rites of passage ourselves by becoming the woman that we truly are. This show is sponsored by
0: BetterHelp. We all carry around the weight of different stressors in life and no matter how big or small, when we keep them bottled up, it could start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can even be there to just empower you to be the best version of yourself or to also help you practice setting and enforcing boundaries too. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can even switch therapists if need be at any time for no additional charge. Therapy has never been made so easy before. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the girls today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash for the girls. We're all girls here, so I think it's safe to say we all agree that we mostly look forward to going home every day simply so we could take our bras off. We wear bras because we have to, not because we want to, but today's sponsor, Honey Love, just might be the thing that changes that for you. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that make you sweat, Honey Love has started a revolution of bras you actually want to wear. I personally started wearing Honey Love over the summer and was in shock of how comfortable I felt in their bra and shapewear. I'm a huge shapewear girly, especially for special occasions like a wedding to wear under a dress. And sometimes they're just so uncomfortable, too tight. They roll down, they roll up, and end up becoming more of a burden than anything else. But I felt so confident wearing Honey Love. It was a totally new experience for me. And now I swear by them. So treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash for the girls use our exclusive link to get 20% off that's honeylove.com slash for the girls after you purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support my show and tell them I sent you treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it
1: most women are walking around completely inauthentic not really themselves, right? They're like a shell of themselves. I always say it's kind of like an artichoke, like the heart is, you know, who you are. I love artichokes. I like, you know, you like pull back all the little layers, and then you get to the heart, right? And so the heart was always there. But because of all these layers of conditioning, and all these layers of trauma, and all of this patriarchal conditioning that's going on, because of that, women are walking around as identifying with the layers right not who they actually are they're identifying with these layers of conditioning and if you want a man who wants you you have to be you and to be you it actually takes quite a little bit of effort and commitment to unlearn your programming do the inner work really commit to your your self-growth and Going into your traumas and learning how to engage with yourself and how to reprogram your mind uh, just with the way that you speak to yourself, how to form a very healthy relationship with your difficult emotions, how to vet a man. It is going to make you very uncomfortable to vet a man, Mm -hmm. how to vet a man, how to release the attachment to validation from men. If we are still coming from this validation wound, we will still engage with men that we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. and men that are not really for us. So the point of what I'm saying is that to get with those types of men, you have to be on an equal level. You have to have gone the same as them. My man was celibate for 2 years before me too.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, we and it, it, it's, you know, he's, you know, everything to me. He's my everything and um he and I were going through diff- similar shifts in our life at the same time, right? And to me it feels like, you know, We're just both like going on our journeys until we get together. Right. But if he had not done that, if he had not been celibate for two years before me and really committed to his own inner work and I had done it, I wouldn't have wanted him and vice versa. If he had done, done all of his inner work as he did, he went celibate for two years. He learned sexual discipline. He learned to not go with women just for validation. He learned what his values are. He learned the type of woman he wants. He learned to not settle. If he didn't know how to do, or if he had done that and I didn't, he wouldn't have wanted me. That's just the truth because I wasn't me. So the man that is for you wants you. How are you supposed to get with him if you are not even being you? And it, it takes, unfortunately right now, we it's not even unfortunate. It's a beautiful process of just committing to ourselves. That's it. Mm-hmm. Committing to yourself. And it sounds hard, but it's such a joyful process like committing to yourself deeply and going through that, that rite of passage into fulfilling yourself in your own solitude, you know, working through your, your shit and becoming sovereign and becoming you. And from that space, you can accurately discern who your man is as well, because even for me, I didn't need to, um, you know, of course, you ask him a bunch of questions and you vet him and you make sure that he's the right man. But when you trust yourself in your body because you have actually built a baseline of trust and safety in your body, you trust your own resonance as well and you trust your own intuition but you can only really trust your own intuition if you've built it. So did that answer your question? I feel like I'm kind yeah. of, Oh, that. it it did. And you know what? It's, it's funny because it's not the answer that I
0: was necessarily <laughs> looking for, but it is the one that I got and I like it. <laughs> and you know, now I, now I got to back up though, because I need to know, did you go on a date with this stranger and you're both like, yeah, I've been telling them for years. No way. I've been telling for <laughs> Like, like, how the heck
1: did that happen? Because that is like way too aligned. Yeah. So he had so I uh, had received a message from him on Instagram DMs, right? He had DM me. He and maybe six months prior to when I ended up meeting up with him. And I never answered because I was in my celibacy phase. I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not willing to date right now. I don't care who it is. It could be you, my partner, and you're messaging me. And I, I'm on my own right now. I'm not ready to date. So knowing like where you are in your journey is super important. And then I had answered, the only reason I answered, I also am big on women vetting men before even the first date, before anything. Ask him questions, know who he is your time is valuable. Why do you want to go on a date with somebody and just waste your time? You want to see is this someone who I share values with, I really enjoy. And so before we we met up, before we went on a date, before he actually flew to Miami and got a hotel, um because he lived in a different city. So once we had kind of established we were really vibing with one another, he flew to Miami to to meet me. And prior to that, you know, I was asking him a, a bunch of questions and I was asking, you know, what are your Your ideas on patriarchal conditioning of men? What is your, you know, do you feel that sexual discipline is important for men? Do you feel that this, and every time he was answering it so well, so well, so well. And I had never had a man really be able to meet me in the depths that I was, that my heart yearned for. And when he was, I was like, wow. So, so yeah, so I knew that he had been celibate for uh, years prior to when we had met up, but it was because I asked him and I told him, Hey, I'm celibate. I'm not going to be involved with anybody until we're dating. And that's just what it is. And he said, Oh, me too. I said, great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, that is, that is so beautiful. I, I really love that. I mean, the stars were aligned like that was it it. and there's a reason he waited six months for you to respond to his message and I think that Mm -hmm. that's another thing that women need to understand is like they have this scarcity mindset around men Mm -hmm. and there's such an abundance around love and men and Mm -hmm. and even we are just abundant that it's like okay so what happened so say that if you did answer his message six months late and then by then he said okay I'm with someone else like fuck off Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. okay like And so what? And then you yeah. go on and you go yeah. on and you go on. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my mindset that I, I, I would say I've always had that mindset. Even when I was younger and quite stupid, I still was like, you know, <laughs> there's always so many options out there. There's always yeah. so many people out there. And I think that women are afraid they, they value attention so much that mm-hmm. they are afraid to not grasp at it the way you said that they kind of grasp at straws yes. sometimes grasp at it as soon as they are handed it they take what they can get and if they were a little late answering a message and then he goes on and says oh now I have somebody else they they'd be like I blew it I ruined it like mm-hmm. it's my fault mm-hmm. as if like that was meant to be your person anyway like
1: mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. not mm-hmm.
0: so I, I love, love that it. story
1: Yeah, like, as long as you're committing to yourself, there's really no way that you can uh, miss your man. Mm -hmm. The only way you can miss your man is if you don't commit to yourself. And also, along with being authentic and really honoring yourself, we see that women can't do that when they're single right now. Of course, we want to kind of help them do that and figure out how to do that. But um, honoring, you know, oh, no, I'm not ready for that yet. That's what my body says. That's my truth, right? Right. Women aren't able to do that single, and they're also not able to do it in relationships currently. So it's the same exact thing. So when they're with a man, they are not able to honor what they actually need and what their authentic desires are and their own no. They can't honor their sacred no because there's this, like you said, this fear and scarcity mindset, and this fear of if I speak my truth, if I honor myself what happens? What happens? And the truth is you liberate yourself. That's what happens, but you might, you know, shed some layers and and that is a good thing. And so I think women need to be ready to move through discomfort that comes with being authentic. If it means that they will liberate themselves and your liberation is above everything. So that's really important when dating as well. And even in a relationship. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love um obviously, you know, primarily you are a women's coach and you talk about feminine energy and divine feminine so much. But I also ha- have it might have been on a podcast episode or a TikTok. I've heard you talk about the importance of masculinity, mm-hmm. divine masculinity, especially in relationships and when a man really shows up and is present yeah. in his divine masculine. And one thing that makes me almost like sad for women in a way is that they are very conditioned these days to hate men and Mm -hmm. they do. And of course, like you said, there's so much patriarchal um, conditioning and there's of course so much toxic uh, masculinity present every day. We see Mm -hmm. it, we experience it. However, going kind of back to that, like abundance belief, like we have to also remember that when the divine masculine is present, it's such a beautiful thing. And it's such an important part in a relationship. And I wanted to hear from you a little bit to tell us what that energy actually should look like when it's present, because Mm -hmm. I don't think all of my listeners really understand what that divine masculine, you know, presence should really look like from a man.
1: Yeah, totally. And I loved, I feel like I saw somewhere, whether it was a post of yours or something like that. And it said like, Toxic, but you didn't say masculinity. You were like non-masculinity or something like that. Did I? Did you I say that?
0: I don't know? I don't remember.
1: I saw you say something like that. And I was like, oh my God, I love that because it's, um yeah, it's not masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing right now outside of us, a lot of the times is not masculinity. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing this distortion of it and then we see it and we say, oh my God, I hate masculine, I hate men because that's all I'm seeing. I'm only seeing this kind of wounded expression of men. So to answer your question directly, which I have been kind of going in my little chances because <laughs> I sometimes do, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. to answer your question directly, what the divine masculine feels like actually in a relationship, right? So it feels so safe. you are free to be yourself. you become freer as a woman. you become softer as a woman. your power is not tried to um, a man in his divine masculine does not try to contort or control your power. he is um, he is comfortable feeling the depths of your your power as a woman, your womb power, your voice power, any sort of your power, he is comfortable in it. With the non-masculine people we're seeing outside of us, the men we're seeing who are very uncomfortable with women and their power, what we're seeing is this This little boy energy where men are afraid to actually experience the depths of a woman's knowing of her intuition, of her voice, of her desires. And so they try to suppress us and our desires. And so it's our responsibility to claim them, to speak them, and then only be with a man who can hold them in their fullness and who wants them and who desires them. Another aspect of the divine masculine and the divine feminine in tandem is this beautiful aspect where The divine masculine is desiring feedback. And so, on the contrary, men who are not in their divine masculine or in their masculine in general, you see this a lot of times with you know toxic masculinity and the way a lot of men are showing up. They do not want women's feedback. They don't want it. They want to continue digging themselves in a ditch. They want to continue being toxic. They want to continue being controlling. They want to continue being patriarchal, whatever. On the contrary, In a relationship with a person in their divine feminine, a person in their divine masculine, the divine masculine desires the feedback from the feminine so that he can lead better in his own life. So what you do as a feminine person is you continually initiate him into deeper levels of himself and he takes that in such a sacred way and he appreciates it fully and then he is more able to show up in his fullness and then he leads better whether that be in your relationship whether that be in life so it's deeply validating when you're around a really divine masculine man he can hold the depths of your emotion he can tell you no and you respect him deeply you respect his no even if it might be triggering he can tell you you know you're acting like this, you are doing this right now. And I'm not okay with it because he has standards and he has values and he has boundaries. And a lot of men right now, they don't have standards or boundaries, right? You know, you know, you can act toxic to them and they're going to come back, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) you know, that they're going to, you know, tolerate it, you know, even if they pretend they don't like it with a divine masculine man, that shit doesn't fly. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like that shit. So he's wait. This is the funniest thing
0: that what you just said because I posted a TikTok story time.
1: I saw that about the guy that I went to a wedding with. Oh, wait, no, I saw about like you saying that the men um, is disrespectful. I thought you were going to say it's disrespectful when they keep coming back, like that kind of toxic, but continue. Okay, well, yeah, I. that's why when you're like, oh, I saw you post this. I'm like,
0: did I? I don't know. I post like, <laughs> 8 billion things. I'm like you, we could keep talking forever. I think it's a Victoria thing. Um, <laughs> but no, I posted a story time about a guy that I went, like my worst date story, basically. We went mm-hmm. to a wedding and I he made me so uncomfortable that I was like, standoffish. And I was tense. Like when he would touch me, I couldn't like, you know, you just can't fake it. Right. And so I'm sure you've at some point experienced something like that, where you're like, I know my body language, my energy, my facial expressions, my tone of voice, like everything totally. was just at a lower vibration. And I like literally could not. And I know that I wasn't being like my kindest self because I just was so tense and like uncomfortable. And so in any case, at the end of the night he he wanted so because we were at a wedding I had a hotel room but I had not asked him to stay over he was he always was supposed to be going back like home he was never staying over (laughs) and then at the end he like thought that he was gonna stay over and was like shocked when I said something about like leaving and then he leaned in to try to kiss me and I turned my head so we like clung heads, and we god, that's so awkward And then it was the worst thing. And then after all that, after him trying to kiss me and we clunk heads, after him trying to sleep over and being offended that I wasn't letting him sleep over, he then goes on to tell me how terrible of a person I am, how he's been knowing that I'm a piece of shit and blah, blah, blah. And I said, don't you have some self respect then? Like, if you think if you think I'm all of these things he Mm -hmm. told me I'm gonna die alone blah blah I'm like if you think all of these things why are you trying to kiss me why are you trying to sleep with me if I felt that way about a man I would never proceed to try to be intimate and physical with him I would never try to kiss him I would never try to sleep with him I'm like you literally have no standards you have no self-respect because if that's how you felt about me then why the fuck are you trying to sleep with me right now what is wrong with you
1: and also (laughs) these men they don't they cannot process through rejection. Mm. And that, and that is, and so they use all of these insults. Like he definitely never even thought that about you. Yeah, he <laughs> he <did>. wishes, <laughs> like literally he wishes, but, <laughs> but they can't process through their own emotions and they can't emotionally regulate. Right. So it goes into this like insult space or this, you know, desire to conquer this desire to, um, you know, overpower everyone else. And that's an inability to regulate your own emotions. And so even with that, going to what the divine masculine is, it's that as well, regulating your emotions and being able to sit through rejection of a woman. And also another thing with divine masculine is being able to commit. Divine masculine men can commit and it's so safe. That container that they can offer you is so safe. You never have to be worried about, you know, is he cheating? Is he doing this? Are my desires not met, you know, is he um, going to be doing this on Instagram, is he going to be doing that, this man is devoted, he is devoted he is committed he makes you feel safe he honors your needs, he honors your boundaries, there's no oh my God I should be able to you know follow a girl, a billion girls on Instagram there's none of that, you know, because this man is mature. He's committed. He's devoted. He respects himself. Like you were saying, like, they don't respect these other men don't respect themselves. Like he respects himself. So he respects you, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Totally. I love all of that. I think it's so important because, you know, there's such a misconception and exactly like what you were saying that I guess I might've posted. Like it is, it's non-masculine. Like there, there, Mm -hmm. this whole ego trip and all that, it is like the most toxic version of masculinity that To ever exist and you know so so many girls like they don't I don't think that they've ever had the divine masculine present in their life so they don't know what it should feel like and it even just goes down to how I was raised and you know I was raised by a father and a grandfather both my grandfathers who are that way and Mm -hmm. you know the things that they've done for me and for my mom and for my grandmothers like and just the way that they yeah like you said committed to the family committed to themselves like that was it like this was how this is the only type of manhood I've ever known and so when when I do recognize someone who's you know misses the mark on that it's an easy no for me because I'm like this doesn't feel safe this doesn't feel like home and this doesn't feel like what I want you know
1: and and even I just want to say even with that being blessed to have had like as you said you had men that were embodying really mature masculinity for women who haven't like myself or so many women who have never experienced this obviously prior to my relationship it's so important the utmost importance to expand your um your mind to start seeing divine masculine men what i mean by that is literally start following them on instagram start listening to their content, start looking at divine masculine men relationships, not this drama and this toxicity. I only know of three and I can say them now is my own, me and my partner. The other one is Lauren Krenn on Instagram. It's L-O-R-I-N-K-R-E-N-N. And his partner, and then my mentor, Londreau and his wife, uh, and her, her name is uh, Dr. Shelley Ann. And those relationships, to me, seeing other men who are embodying divine masculinity allowed me to expand to see, wait, that exists. And that's one of the reasons it's so important for me. I share such a fraction of, you know, I just share such a small little bit of what my relationship is, but I share enough to allow women to see. My goal with it is to allow women to see, wait, that exists. Because if we don't think something exists, like so many men, I mean, so many women don't think any good men exist because all the men they're seeing are shit. So when they finally see, wait, a man like that exists, And I have to actually rise into my own power and claim him and claim that and reject anything who's not that if I want to get to him. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important for even women who are not, you know, who have not had these role models like myself, I didn't to start investing in looking at listening to divine masculine men. I know my boyfriend follows a lot of really great men on Instagram um, and his Instagram is by Ermias and uh, through his followers that he follows like, uh, Dom, Dominic something. I don't know. Girls can go through who he follows and, you know, the men that he follows are really, really great men. And I just think it's really important to, for women to be looking at great men, you know?
0: Yeah. So beautiful. So, so, so true. I, I love that. And I think that's such important and empowering feedback because, you might not know what it has felt like, but you can start to learn it. And like you said, we need to unlearn um, certain things that we were, you know, like molded into as young kids and then, you know, grow up and learn for ourselves, like what's actually out there and what's possible. So I think that that's such a beautiful thing. I really love that um, advice that you gave. So let's go back now. I want to discuss more on celibacy because this is um, something that's very you know important to me and I I've loved listening to you talk about it because mm-hmm. I think celibacy and singleness in general can at times be a moment of like have moments of loneliness and things of that mm-hmm. sort because I think it's also normal as human beings to be like is this all worth it <laughs> like is yeah. this all mm-hmm. you know like yeah. like it's been so long that even not mm-hmm. even only like the celibacy part but even like down to kissing you know because mm-hmm. I didn't go I haven't gone to the extreme of you where I don't date at all or talk to guys. I do date. Um but actually in April of 2021, so like a year and a half ago was had been the last time that I was ever, you know, intimate with a guy, kissing a guy, anything of that sort mm-hmm. at all. And then fast forward, like all the way up until, you know, now I've been going out more and having a little bit more like, fun, as far as like having a social life and I kissed a guy, I did not have sex <laughs> with a guy or anything, but that I, was kissed a <laughs> a guy when I went out and I'm like, uh, like, did I just like, like, did I just like ruin this for myself? But I'm like, okay, oh my God. I'm going to give myself some grace because I yeah. had fun. Like it's, it is what it is. And quite frankly, he's a friend. So like, it's not really that serious. Yeah. Like we're, we're not dating or anything like that, but you know, that was the first guy even kissed in literally, yeah. year and a half. Yeah. And, you know, and it was just like fun for me, but I, I, you know, I can totally relate and understand to, you know, that power of celibacy, because first of all, I think celibacy is sexy. And I think that it's, um, it's, So powerful and also Uh, important. And I want to know for you, like, when did you make that conscious decision? I know that you said you had gone through some certain situations and then you just went cold turkey. So, was it just a moment of like maybe like after a heartbreak or what, like, what was like, what led you to that?
1: Totally. Um, And even with yourself, just real quick, when you said, you know, now you're, you kind of were celibate for a year, but now you're kind of dating more. And that totally makes sense. We have to know when we're ready, once we have, are ready to come out of our cocoon. Right. So, you know, that's important too. Um
0: Trust but- me, there's still no, no one, no one's touching me though, by the <laughs> way, <laughs> I'm like, I could go out and have fun and, and that could be the end of that. But I still, I'm like, yeah, don't think about it. That, that's as far as that's going to go.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, just even with like dating and stuff, you know, like yeah. when you're ready to start like going on dates and yeah. like, you know, that kind of thing is like, you know, is important once you're ready, once you've like done that work. But um, but yeah, so the reason that I went celibate was, I had always been in really abusive relationships, and I was consistently in them. So I was never single for more than like, three months. And from the age of 12 years old, um, for the next 10 or not no, almost 10 years for the next like eight years until I was 20. Uh, it was just continuous abuse, 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 and I was, I got to a point where I, at around yeah, 20 years old, and I was just like, I am not happy. I had just gotten out of a relationship. I had a mentor, my mentor Landreau, and so kind of getting some guidance and and what I should do, and. I didn't really have any tools, any understanding. You know, I never listened to any girls talking about this. I didn't listen to I didn't, you know, have really any tools. I just knew, you know, I identified after I had gone through this breakup and I was looking for validation in men and I I wasn't getting it and I was not getting this commitment that I was looking for that made me feel valuable and I had never gone more than like 3 or 4 months without having a boyfriend commit to me and I was lost. I felt like completely shattered and not getting committed to was making me come into this very desperate space, like looking for commitment, looking for validation, looking for any man to like, I was totally in that. Um, the archetype is called the uh, the, there's the savior and the I forget, it's like a prince, kind of like a, a prince, a princess energy where she's just looking to be saved, right? And I was totally in that. Like, I just want a man to save me. I want a man to save me from myself. I just, I, you know, I was miserable. I was going out all the time. I was drinking. I. It was just, it was terrible. And I picked up some books at the bookstore. I realized I was miserable. I called my mentor and I he had been celibate for five years. And I, he's uh, the one who's now married. Um, But I realized, okay, I need to change my life. (laughs) I don't feel healthy in any way. I am going to go celibate. I am going to end my attachment to interacting with men like this, with myself. Like I'm going to end my attachment to showing up to men like that. I'm going to, I went alkaline vegan. I did like juice fasts and, and all of this, you know, really bodily cleansing things. I stopped drinking. I did. I never had like an alcohol problem or I never did any drugs, but I didn't like smoke any weed. I didn't drink any alcohol still to this day. Um, but it was one night and I said, I'm done, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And I want to change my life and I want to commit to myself. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to fucking figure it out because this is not working. (laughs) So it was, kind of after a breakup and after kind of around three months of just like this really low point and with some mentorship and with this deep yearning in my heart that I validated, like I was like, a lot of women don't validate their heart's yearnings and it's time to. I validated my heart's yearning for something more. I'm not showing up as that. I'm not living that and I need to start. And to do that, I have to really commit to myself. And so celibacy for me Provided me the safe container to begin doing this very deep inner work, really reprogramming myself, really reprogramming my sense of safety and security in my own body, really filling up my own cup. I traveled a little bit. I went to Spain um, and I, for the first time, traveled alone and just doing these things as a sovereign woman while also doing this deep therapy i went to therapy two times a week for a year and i really you know i didn't i i made the choice to end it was it's difficult right at that at that way of engaging when we're gaining validation from men and you're feeling like oh my god i need this to fulfill blank to ha- to feel into that void is very hard, right, to fill fill into that void and say, you know, okay, I'm gonna take this away. I'm not gonna engage with any of these men anymore. I'm not going to get validation from there. Okay, now all I'm feeling is into this void, and now I can fill it up. But we have to be willing to kind of be in that uncomfortable space. So, um, if we want to grow, so yeah, and it doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes. I think I I made. I made like a, a little mistake about a year in. I went I went on one little date and I was just so embarrassed. I had like made this mistake and we didn't kiss or we didn't do anything, but I just was like acting really like I was just acting out. And that's OK. It's about really radically loving ourselves through these mistakes or these difficulties and continually getting back up and committing to yourself. What's the next step you can take to commit your, to yourself? And how deeply can you radically love yourself through the times that you didn't? I think another really important point is also to not ever shame yourself for the moments you weren't showing up in radical embodiment. Yeah, it's very easy to love myself now, right? I've literally done the work. I'm with my fucking man. I'm have a successful business. I'm a successful influencer. I'm, you know, speaking my truth all the time. I'm in my fulfillment. I'm literally living the best life I've ever wanted, right? But the hard part is to love the girl who was lost and broken. And she needs my love the most. She needs my love way more than me now. Of course, I need my love too now. But so many times in this healing journey, what happens is that we use it as an excuse to shame and reject ourselves. I love the version of me who was looking for validation, who was, you know, self-sabotaging, who was getting in abusive relationships. That girl is just as worthy of love as I am right now. And I think that we get confused with, it's not that you're not worthy of love. So you have to do the work. It's that you will not be able to resonate with people who reflect back to you, your own innate sense of worthiness because you are not embodying it. So it's not that, Oh, you know, cause a lot of people say, well, I don't, I'm always worthy of love. I don't have to do any work to be worthy of love. Yeah, you're right. You are, you totally are. However, if you don't do the work, you will not, I guarantee it be able to, get with someone who actually sees your worth and feels you in that sense that that complete love and gentleness and unconditional you know safety and security that your heart's looking for you won't be able to get it until you are until you know it yourself so Mm -hmm. i think it's very important but but yeah so rant over (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> no it's so good it's so good i love i love how the thing is is that like these questions might be quick and easy but there there's actually so many more layers to it like they're yeah. so much deeper than the question yeah. um and i think it's important for people to understand that because like i said my listeners are very like how 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 like mm-hmm. every time i post anything they're like how did you do that or or mm-hmm. when or what did you say or they're like screenshotting my my messages that i send Say, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna say that, and yeah. I think that it's important, like, that people understand, like, okay, great, so now, like, here's the baseline, like, yes, yeah. you went celibate after having like abusive relationships and going through mentorship, but now there's so many more layers to it than totally. that. It's not just that simple answer. Totally. So it, it, I think that this will help a lot of, you know, listeners who have thought about it or maybe. Mm-hmm. resonate with it and I think that they're like a little intimidated or afraid but the the outcome is only going to be this powerful and this beautiful to say now it's easy for me to love myself oh
1: yeah yeah so of
0: course we we you know don't always give ourselves the most grace but now like we do like now we are able to you know overcome certain situations and and you know we look back on certain things that we resent that we've done or even how you mentioned, you're like, Oh my God, I was so embarrassed. I went on this date and Mm -hmm. I actually have a podcast episode that says like your worst experiences, um, basically develop your your best qualities and like those certain mistakes that we make or things that we do that maybe we don't align with today Mm -hmm. are actually the pivotal moment in our lives that created and developed who I am today. So it's actually great that we made those mistakes and did those certain things because then we wouldn't be you know the powerful people who who we are today. Exactly totally
1: so I think I think
0: that's just like it's sus I love that you you know brought that up. Now Let's talk about, because this is something that I know I got this next question actually from listening to your podcast. Uh, I I know this is a personal one, but I want to know how did celibacy actually end up improving your sexuality? Because you talked about this. And I think that, you know, for me personally, like I, I haven't, um, you know, come over that Totally situation Yeah. like I'm still in my celibacy celibacy phase. So now that you're past that season, how did it actually help you in improving your sexuality,
1: girl? How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, okay. Is I I could talk about this forever. Um, it really really helped so much. Um, in so many layers. It it you know there's so many layers I can go into. I, I have a, I have, I'm not going to go into this one aspect now, but I do have a podcast episode where me and my boyfriend are talking about how we built healthy sexuality together. And that was super important. Um, but for me, so many women are completely disconnected from their vaginas, from their Yonis. As you know, the girls say the spiritual girlies say their are Yonis, mm-hmm. um, your womb. Complex- you know I actually like first heard that on, I think like too hot to handle or something like that.
0: (laughs) They did like a Yoni course. And then I heard you say it and I'm like, I guess this really is a thing.
1: Yeah. It's so it's the Sanskrit word for your entire kind of reproductive area. So your womb, your vagina, your clitoris, your labia, all of it. And it's cute. (laughs) I (laughs) I like it. So I, I kind of like saying Yoni, you know, so, mm-hmm. so anyway, most girls really don't have a connection at all. They're performing sexually when they are sexual with men. They're completely disconnected from themselves when they are sexual with themselves. They are just watching porn getting off. It's a very masculine, um, wounded masculine approach. There's no heart and body connection because what would that require? If we're actually going to slow down and get into our bodies, what that requires is that we actually feel, and the first things we're gonna likely feel are the, is the pain of our self abandonment. If we slow down after let's say years of engaging with men, performing, faking orgasms, uh, not you know treating ourselves with the utmost reverence when we're touching ourselves, when we're not engaging with ourselves and our sexuality in this very uh, loving and, and full and feeling way, the first thing you're probably going to feel is that pain that we've been suppressing and numbing. So it takes, again, courage to go into that space. So for me, when I went celibate, one of the things I did about a year in, I wasn't ready before a year, about a year in, I started connecting again with my yoni. I started touching myself in a very loving way. I started feeling through a lot of pain and trauma. I had had a history of sexual assault within my abusive relationships. And I had had also a history of performing a lot sexually and really disconnecting from my body, which most women are experiencing, even if they don't want to admit it fully. Um, And so, uh, so when I started to really feel into my body, I realized, wow, I feel pain and numbness I have certain areas that I feel really pain, a lot of pain, like emotional pain, and I have other areas that are just really numb and I don't feel connected at all. And so I began doing a lot of practices. I have another podcast about how to heal your womb, talking about ancestral trauma, sexual trauma, connecting with yourself in all these ways and um and you can listen to that if you want to kind of go deep into it, but I to sum it up, I really started really connecting with myself, honoring myself, and feeling into my yoni in a very loving and full way. And as I began to do that, right, um, and it kind of goes back to what I said in the beginning, I did absolutely everything I could on my own. And the universe knows that, right? So when you have fulfilled your level of where you're at, you'll be able to go to the next one. So it's again, have you really be honest? Have you really gone to these depths with yourself? And, and then, and then you can kind of go into the next space. Right. And so I really kind of go, went really, really deep with, uh, you know, doing this kind of sexual trauma work and really connecting with my Yoni and doing Yoni mapping, doing Yoni massage, doing, um, you know, yoni gazing, doing yoni steams, doing yoni eggs, really intentionally self-pleasuring. Really, I, I rewired my brain to only eroticize healthy and safe uh, fantasies. I completely restructured sexuality for myself. And then I I was like, I, I need a partner now. I, <laughs> I need to yeah. kind of, I want to kind of move forward. And um, I was praying a lot at the end, the last month before I met my partner. And then I met him and I didn't, uh, I wasn't going to be intimate. Neither was he until we started dating. And so once we started dating, then we were intimate and, It has completely restructured the way that I show up to sexuality because it's authentic, it's raw, it's real. And it is so much more erotic and wild and sensual and sexual than ever before. Because before you're kind of showing up in this mask, you're performing, you're shutting down, you're performing, you're shutting down. It's this cycle, you know, you're kind of um, people pleasing sexually. You're not speaking your raw, wild truth. Your throat chakra is not, you know, you know, um, unblocked. I mean, it's just kind of this performance where you're not actually having your heart's deepest desires met. And so then with my partner, because we both, again, had the mutual value of wanting to create healthy and erotic sexuality together, we have really come into this very beautiful space, sexually, where I feel so safe. And from that space of safety, I can be in this deeply erotic space that I've never gone to in my life. I'm so, I feel so free and so wild and so primal and everything. It just feels like I'm just deepening into this space of sexuality evermore. I really like, can't wait to just continue on because <laughs> it's just like, you feel so free. And so, yeah, I would just say free and, and everything, especially with my throat, I used to not, um, I used to feel very uncomfortable speaking my truth. I would, I would speak only if it was for performance, but to speak my actual no and my yes, and then my actual truth would give me like, I would feel embarrassed, I would feel anxious, I would feel awkward. And moving through that anxious and that anxiety or feeling awkward or feeling embarrassed and actually deciding to, Feel into that and do it anyway and then practice feeling into it and doing it anyway and then you feel comfortable having really unblocked my throat chakra as the girls say I feel so comfortable to express sexually as well whether that be physically or verbally so so yeah it feels real good (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm sure you know like it
0: it changes the entire trajectory of what sex is when you now have this like unity and it's about like the both of you rather than about like I need to make sure that like, I'm good for him. And, you know, we, we, I think about like our younger selves and it's like, what was wrong with us? Like, I like, you know, it's like sad because men never had a problem, um, you know, demanding what they want. Right. But then we always were like doing, we were showing up more for them than for ourselves. And, and it, I actually, I was just on, like, I, um, I just did an interview for a girl's Episode uh, podcast, and she was asking me like my thoughts on hookup culture. So of course, I was talking about celibacy and sex, and I was saying, you know, the honest truth is like actually, like I don't even find celibacy that hard because I think about how many times that like I just wasn't even having good sex anyway. That I don't
1: literally,
0: yeah, yeah, like I don't even feel like it's a loss, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I, it's actually almost more of a relief in a sense mm-hmm. of like, you know, I used to go out and get drunk and have fun and whatever. And like in, in, in the short term, it wasn't a big deal because that was me Coco having fun. I know you mentioned Miami. I don't know if you live in Miami. I, I used to live in Miami. I don't anymore. Oh, and sorry. I said, Oh, for real. <laughs> yeah. 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 I did for a little bit and um you know like just like different seasons of life and I'm like oh my god I'm having so much fun Mm -hmm. and then it comes to a point I was still living in Miami when I actually did decide like I was going to be celibate Mm -hmm. and that's when I that's when I went through the process of now moving back home now I live in New Jersey which I'm from New York so that whole process was like a full circle thing of like you know what I want to be in my most comfortable state of of my whole entire life ever. So (laughs) Yeah. yeah, long story short, I was still there when I was like, I'm not having fun. Actually. I'm not actually enjoying myself you know, of course there were some good guys and whatever, but then for totally. the most part, they were not. And why? Because it's someone that you maybe just met or you slept with once, maybe totally. twice. They don't know you. They don't know your yeah. body. They don't know what you like, but they know like it's so easy for them. It's hard, way harder for us, especially totally. in uh the first stage. Like it's not it, it's not to say that it's harder for us when we're with a partner that we actually love and you know sleep with all the time but when it's like that one night stand type of vibe yeah it is you know like we totally. it's so much more internal and emotional for us like totally. you said you went through like a year of even you know figuring it out and touching yourself yeah. and figuring out what you even like in the first place and what actually feels good for you and you you know, there guys aren't out here saying like, I had to figure out what felt good. It all feels good to them. Yes. They don't know the difference. <laughs> uh, so it's funny because we um it's so much more for us to learn internally, externally in the literal sense. And that's when I, what I was basically saying to her yesterday, when we were doing that interview, I'm like, the truth is that like so many women are content or even like pretending to be content with having bad sex or having sex with the wrong partner or with an emasculated man. And it is because it is the easier route than, like you said, verbalizing. It's easier than setting boundaries. It's easier than saying no. It's easier than putting your foot down and being like, no, this is what I want. This is what I need. So, so many women are okay with having sex without being fulfilled. So- Why do you think that that is like, why do so many women hide from their true embodied feminine? Why do so many women struggle to even consider celibacy and wait until they are fulfilled in a relationship and sexually?
1: Yeah, I think it's because we, and and I agree with everything you said, I think that it's because we as women are so disconnected from our power. We're so disconnected from our bodies and we've been conditioned that way. It's, it's not our fault necessarily um, because this is literally what we have been groomed to be. We have been groomed to people, please. We have been groomed to uh, not have a connection with our bodies. We have been groomed to shut up. We have been groomed to do these things. And in sexuality, it's the specific area where kind of all of your shit can come forward. And so we see so much unhealed, you know, eroticizing of wounds sexually with women and with men because they go into this space and all of their shit kind of comes up. And especially with eroticizing wounds, I I feel like I also have a a podcast on eroticizing wounds. and, And to me, that's super important. And a lot of times men and women eroticize things that are actually deeply painful for them, and it allows them to move through their shitty sex or their performing sex or their, you know, settling sex, right? And to deal with it, they have to lie to themselves. They have to, because to cope with your reality, If you're not willing to have the courage to go into a different reality, you have to lie to yourself about your current one. You have to be honest and go to the next one or you have to or your honesty would break you if you're not willing to. So they lie to themselves to to allow themselves to stay small. And and I want women so deeply to have the courage to. Come back to themselves and to be authentic and to claim their heart's desires and to speak their truth and to stop settling, it takes courage because we have been conditioned to do this and and it's painful when you realize, wait, I've been doing this for a long time. Even I have a client, I have many clients that are are in their mid forties or fifties and the pain of coming into their sexuality now It's Like you said, it's easier to just say, I'm just going to kind of put my head on autopilot mode and just continue on this way. If you actually wake up, you have to sit with your pain, which is what I was talking about before. When you actually decide to get into your body and start feeling sexually, the first thing you're going to have to sit with is your sadness, your grief, your pain. Especially with a lot of women with histories of like sexual assault and sexual trauma, a lot of times there's hyper sexualization that comes after that or hyper being sexual and you know, kind of this period because it's this attempt to shut off and to cope and to ignore. And so when you sit with yourself, it's a floodgate of a floodgate of grief comes in. So I think, you know, a lot of women are 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 just conditioned to do it and they're just scared. And I want women to have more courage to to do it. And they need to see good examples, you know, like yourself, like me, like good relationships. They need to see good examples of if I claim myself and I claim my deepest desires, something good will actually happen.
0: <laughs> you know, it's so true. It really is. And, you know, I, I of course, as per usual, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. And it's, it's things that I don't think women even consider to think about, like, I don't think that they, Think it's an option. I don't yeah, totally. think you're even thinking celibacy is an option. So mm-hmm. it like you said, that easier route, that yeah. settling route. And I hope that maybe this conversation <laughs> can let some people know that it's an option. Mm-hmm. Um totally. okay. I I wanna I know that you mentioned all of the amazing things that you know come up and came through for you as a result of celibacy and now having, you know, your amazing relationship and amazing partner, but Let's talk about the negative feelings and emotions that you were able to basically get rid of and no longer experience, because I know so many of us can very quickly identify bad feelings and negative feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's like all we've ever really known. So Mm -hmm. what feelings come to you that you're like, oh, I felt that. And now it's not even, you know, in present in my life anymore because of Mm -hmm. that choice to be
1: Totally. I, well, before I felt depressed, I felt anxious. I felt, um, invalidated. I felt unseen. I felt like, you know, like I keep saying kind of my heart's deepest yearnings weren't met. I was felt disconnected from myself, from the world, from God. I felt hurt. I felt used. I felt discarded. I felt, I felt, yeah, I felt there was feelings of feeling unworthy based on the way I was being treated. I felt really, I felt really low. I felt really, really low. And a lot of it really came from, from the way I was interacting with men. You know, it was, it was the ways that I was interacting with men that were really, really creating these feelings within me. Even further than that, I had always been like super depressed before from ages, you know, I was very like angry. I had, I I was had difficult emotions that I wasn't able to really uh, regulate through until I was around 19 years old. Then I started really kind of being able to regulate through them. And that's when my mentor came into my life, which was huge for me. Um, And, and I went through my little spiritual awakening. <laughs> and so it kind of really, you know, everything kind of got better. But even still years after that, you know, a year or so after that, when I right before I had, you know, went celibate, I yeah was just feeling depressed, low, unworthy, used, discarded, hurt, just like I was in pain. I was physically unwell. I was emotionally unwell. I had just gotten out of a relationship where I was living on and off with this person in LA and they were cheating on me 24 seven, had multiple babies uh, throughout the relationship. They were sexually assaulting me. It was so bad. And I got out of the relationship, like I said, for those like three months or so. And I was just lost. I was just like, I just don't know what to do. I want someone to save me. And, and you I was so young at that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where were you like 19? Yeah, I was 19. Yeah. And so I, yeah, and so I thank God I had my mentor that was super helpful in my life. I think everyone, one of the reasons I love coaching and I uh, love coaching, I love therapy. I think it's so important to have women that you truly trust or men that you truly trust. That mentor of mine was a man that you truly trust, that you trust where they're at in their life, that you want to get like them you like, I want to be, I want to be like that. I trust your advice because I trust your embodiment. I trust who you are right now. I like your life. I want your advice. You know, I trust you deeply. So I think it's super important for everyone to have that, um, to seek out people like that. But, but yeah, I felt, yeah, to sum it up, I felt like shit. And, <laughs> and then, you know, going celibate and really doing the deep inner work. And again, just for me, it was about becoming sovereign and fulfilled on my own. It. It just changed my life in every way. And for me, it was that final step of embodiment where I was really doing the deep inner work, really committing to myself. And I really felt like, okay, I feel really, really good because I'm self sourcing everything, I'm re regulating my nervous system. I, you know, go deeply in in my, in other, you know, YouTube videos or podcasts about like kind of how to re-regulate your nervous system, how to re-regulate, you know, even forming an attachment to healthy things, right? Because before we kind of, our nervous system, what feels like home is unhealthy, you know, even kind of, you were kind of blessed because you said like what felt like home was good things with your, like with men and stuff like that. And a lot of women, they Don't have that. What feels like home is toxic, right? And so you have to re-regulate that. You absolutely have to. You have to go into a period of solitude or celibacy, do the deep inner work to create a home within yourself that is safe and healthy and healed so that what resonates with you so that toxicity no longer resonates Mm. prior toxicity resonated in my nervous system it res it resonated even if i didn't like it i didn't want to be abused but it resonated in my nervous system i was a match to a i was a match to be a victim right you have to do the deep inner work to re-regulate your nervous system so you are no longer a match it doesn't resonate anymore that is the most important thing
0: wow such good stuff. All right. To wrap <laughs> this up, what final thoughts do you have on, on just like, you know, you sum up like what we just talked about women who want to embody their true feminine energy, women who want to receive a relationship with that divine masculine man, women who really want to embrace their sexuality. What final you know thoughts or just words would you want mm-hmm. to share with them just to close out?
1: Yeah, I would say, Really be honest with yourself about where you're at, what you want, what your heart's desires are, and have the courage to start claiming them. Have the courage to start claiming what your heart's desires are, what you want, the life you want, the man, the type of man you want. That is huge. Have the courage to claim the type of man you want. You don't need to settle. You don't need to, you know, think, oh, that's not possible. Oh, every man cheats. Oh, every man does this. Oh, every man does that. We don't need to be in that anymore. The only women who will experience men like that who are are the women who are willing to settle for it. Stand up, claim yourself, commit to yourself and do the radical work in such a loving way. I think with women, it's super important to love yourself at each stage I have no beef with myself at any point in my life. I love each phase of my life. Love where you're at right now. There's a difference between accountability in a loving way versus being mean to yourself about and shaming yourself, right? We need to say, okay, I love myself where I'm at right now. Okay, and I'd like to go there. Okay, well, what what are some new steps I can take to get there? What what do I have to do? And I'm totally okay. I love myself right now. I see why I am here. I see the kind of the conditioning. I get it. Okay, now what can I do in a radically loving way? This is what we need. And I think it's super important to, to also to seek out a mentor, a coach like Victoria, like myself. Um, to me, that's like invaluable. I have a coach now on, I'm you know, obviously a coach, but I have a coach as well on uh, when you're in a divine union, right? Cause that's, I've mastered my level. Now I'm at a new level, right? And I, I don't, I haven't mastered it and I, I want to go deeper. And so I do coaching with a woman who's in this beautiful divine union that I like, and I want to, you know, go deeper into my depths of intimacy. So seek out a woman that you respect, that you really trust, Do coaching, do mentorship, even if it's just a friendship, find people that you trust and respect to be your mentor, to be your coach, to be your therapist. Really, just I think that's super important. Follow good people on social media, like re regulate your idea of what is possible by following really healthy men, really healthy women who have done the work, like Victoria, like myself, who have claimed their life and, and stepped into their radical embodiment. So yeah, just, you know, and, and just love yourself through it. (laughs) (laughs) So fabulous. Oh my God. Everything was
0: just beautiful. I loved it. Where can everybody find you, your podcast, your Instagram, your TikTok, like share all the usernames and whatnot.
1: Okay. So my podcast is Probably my most popular thing it's Victoria's Thoughts and it's in the top 100 of relationship podcasts in the US, Canada and the UK. So, you know. The <laughs> so, Victoria's Thoughts is my podcast. My TikTok, YouTube and Instagram is Victoria Deval. My website is victoriadeval.com.
0: This was so fabulous. So, thank you so much for everything.
1: Yes, thank you so much Victoria. I I enjoyed it so much. And thank you so much for your beautiful questions and also for holding space for my long answer. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like, I know I can talk one thing about me so. <laughs> so much.
0: That conversation was truly amazing. And I hope that you all enjoyed it. Just as much as I did. But before we close out, it is time for my Dear Victoria segment. So if you girls don't know, at the end of every episode, I will give you advice or answer a question. You can email me a situation or anything that you really want some insight from me on. So you can email me. The email is victoria. For the girls podcast at gmail.com. And just make sure, please, to like make the subject say, Dear Victoria, or like somewhat letting me know that this is what this is for, because I do get tons of inquiries to my email from just like other podcasters who want to collab and stuff. And I want to make sure that I get to prioritize all of my Dear Victoria submissions. So let's get into today's Dear Victoria. You can call me Sophia. I am listening to your podcast and will finish all of the episodes soon as I love them all. Bye. Thank you so much. So basically, I've been having second thoughts about my relationship. And I would like to have your opinion about the situation. I've made a pros and cons list. So maybe it will make things easier for you. Girl, we love a type A personality. So thank you so much for that. Please be aware that I know the cons are bad. But the pros make it so hard to let go. All right, let's get into this list here. Pros. I love him and he loves me. Okay, bare minimum. Sex is really good. Okay, my family likes him a lot. Okay, I'm sure your family would like anyone who's a good person. So, you know, that's neither here nor there. He has a lot saved slash invested. Oh, a lot of money saved and invested. For my age, I am 21 and he is 22 and we are both college students. Again, not anything that great. He has a lot of money saved and invested. There are plenty of people with money saved and invested out there. He has big ambitions in life. He is so intelligent and smart. I like his family a lot. He is so sweet and my best friend. Okay, nothing on that list really stood out to me all that much, unfortunately. So let's see the cons. I often get annoyed with his voice tone. Hmm. Annoyed with the way he has to always be touching something. (laughs) The tendency he has to speak loudly. Mm -hmm. And I often can't deal with how electric and overwhelming he is being to me. Okay, I don't know what that really means by electric, but I think I'm following with the overwhelming situation. He often has bad feet smell. (laughs) And when I ask him to be more careful with that, he seems not bothered. More careful with that meaning like taking care of his hygiene. He's not bothered about the fact that he smells. He makes me pay 50-50 and everything. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you have a pro... That he has a lot of money saved and invested. And then the con is that he makes you pay 50-50 and everything. What the fuck does it matter? If he has a lot of money, he's not even spending it on you. He's making you pay for yourself. That man has completely decided his money is not going to be spent on you. So his money shouldn't even be a pro because his money is his. It is not yours to share. It's not an hours. It's a totally his situation. I mean, if he's making you go 50-50, then he's already decided he will not provide for you and take on that masculine provider role for you. And he doesn't want to take care of you financially as his woman. So right there, that that even literally takes the money situation off of the pros so you went from having like six pros to five <laughs> oh my god and like the 50 50 is such a big con like that's a huge con um okay there's a couple more it always has to be me to make the plans for us he never does that oh my god you're losing me you're losing me girl I'm so glad that this question was picked on this episode because we talk about the importance of the divine masculine and what that energy looks like when it's present and that is providing for you and taking care of you and taking action and making plans and like another really big con, like the fact that he will not make plans for you and makes you go 50-50, he is truly not in his, whoa, he is truly not in his divine masculine at all. Like, he is totally okay with you taking on that role. And that is just like a big no, 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 no to me. Okay, we got two more cons. He sometimes goes out with some of his girlfriends. <laughs> speechless. I'm speechless. Another big fat no. Victoria actually brings that up when talking about the divine masculine energy being present in relationships she literally says in this episode like you're never worried about your partner with other girls whether it be hanging out or liking Instagram photos or anything of the sort because a man who is truly in his divine masculine is devoted committed loyal he would never have you feeling insecure or unsafe in your relationship he would never make you doubt your relationship he would never put you in a position to question his intentions his motives if he's cheating you know I don't want to reiterate the whole thing but she literally just said this like him going out with his girlfriends and what not going out with you with them like I'm yeah I don't know big no the last one is he ignores me Ah! he ignores me when I ask him to not talk about some topics because as he says he does not understand why we can't talk about that in specific and keeps bringing them up a lot of times even if I tell him that I had asked him so many times to stop doing that okay I that last one is a little confusing to me, but you're saying he ignores, like he, he basically doesn't respect your wishes. You've asked him not to talk about something and because he doesn't understand why, he keeps doing it even though he knows it bothers you. Girl, okay. Let me make something loud and clear. This man is the biggest walking red flag I've ever seen. Your cons very much outweigh your pros. He doesn't sound so sweet. I'm looking at your pros and you said, he's so sweet and my best friend and my best friend. Girl, he literally disrespects you in every way possible. Like he disrespects your wishes and does something over and over and over, even though you've asked him many times to stop doing that. He goes out with his girlfriends, and I'm assuming that that means he doesn't go out with you with them because I don't even think that you would be listing it as a con if you were invited in these plans. Um, He disrespects you by making you take care of yourself and you make the plans. He disrespects you by not caring about the fact that you have asked him to care about his hygiene, and he's literally like, doesn't bother me, I don't care. And you said he's overwhelming to you and electric, which sounds like, I don't know, like argumentative in a sense. Or, you know, you said tendency to speak loudly. Like, I don't know what that means. He yells at you. Like, like none of these things sound like a sweet best friend at all. And you might like his family, but so what? Like, when you meet a genuinely good guy again, I'm sure you'll like his family too. And I'm sure your family will like him too. You can't make that a factor in why like you would stay with someone. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's intelligent and smart. I don't know, not the vibe that I'm getting. Maybe he's book smart, but he doesn't even understand why you ask him not to talk about certain things. You literally said... As he says, he does not understand why we can't talk about it and keeps bringing it up. Even if I tell him that I had asked him so many times, that doesn't sound intelligent or smart to me. So maybe he's getting good grades. Like you said, he's in college, but that man sounds as dumb as a doorknob if you're asking me. Because if you have to repeat the same thing 500 times and his response is that he doesn't understand, then... Don't really know what to tell you there. And lastly, I mean what? You said the sex is really good? Girl, it, it is not a reason to stay with someone. You could either one, go celibate like like me or like Victoria was. Or two, you can find someone who is the full package of what you're looking for and can take care of you and provide for you and have much better sex with them. Because I guarantee that sex will be a whole lot better with someone who respects you, wants to take care of you, wants to provide for you, listens to you. Like, I I just, I don't know. Something tells me that sex could be a whole lot better when it's with a better partner. So that is really that on that. I know I'm kind of harsh. I know you're young, you're 21. (laughs) i'm 27 so think of me like your big sister who's brutally fucking honest but i just like i don't know big ambitions good family bare minimum bare minimum bare minimum you can have a whole lot more than that so i think it's time we break up with him but that is all that we have for today girls thank you all so much for listening and i'll see you all next week until next time girls